Welcome to The Ziggler Show, where we inspire your true performance. I'm your host, Kevin Miller. Today, my co-host, Michelle Prince, and I, along with many of the Ziggler audience, grapple with this question I posted on Facebook. Have you ever had a belief that you could not achieve something you desired that you ultimately overcame and did achieve? We received some really vulnerable, amazing testimonials from people regarding their work, military endeavors, athletic feats, and the biggie was massive weight loss and life change. The topic came from one of Zig Ziglar's famous presentations called flea training. If you have not heard it, you need to hear it. If you have heard it, you need to hear it again. So here it is. I'm going to give you a treat. gonna make it in life you got to know how to train fleas you train fleas by putting them in a jar you put the lid on the jar and the fleas will start jumping they'll jump up and they'll hit the top over and over and over again and then you will notice something kind of interesting they uh, if you take the top off of the jar they will continue to jump but they will not jump out of the jar because you see they've been conditioned to jump only so high and when they've been conditioned to jump so high that's as high as they can do. You know, a lot of people are that way. They start out in life to climb the mountain, to write the book, to break the record, to do something significant. But along the way, they'll bump their head or they stub their toe and they become what I call a SNIOP, spelled S-N-I-O-P. They're susceptible to the negative influence of other people. So what is a flea trainer? A flea trainer is one who jumps out of the jar. A flea trainer understands very clearly that you don't tell people where to get off. You tell them and show them how to get on. A flea trainer realizes that what they do is up to them, and they refuse to be influenced by the negative people of life. Roger Bannister was one of the great flea trainers of all time. You might remember the name. He was the first one to break the barrier in the four-minute mile. For years and years, athletes had been saying, I'm going to do it. I'm going to break the four-minute barrier. Doctors were saying, hey, you can't do that. You know, man, the human body simply will not take that much stress. Your heart will come right out of your body. And for years and years, they could not do it. But because Roger Bannister was a flea trainer, was not influenced by the negative opinions of others, he developed a plan of action. He figured out, measured exactly how long his strides were. He knew how many he would have to take to run a 440, then an 880, and then on to the full mile. He hired a couple of guys to be his lead men, and they set the pace for him for three quarters. And then Roger Bannister gave it all he had, and he broke the barrier. Now, let me emphasize a point. It was not a physiological barrier. It was a psychological barrier. Because when Bannister broke the barrier, then other people started saying, hey, if he can, I can. And today we've had hundreds of young men to break that four-minute barrier. So be a flea trainer, jump out of the jar, follow the positive examples, and if you do, I will see you at the top. Well, there you have it, folks, flea training by Zig Ziglar. So again, from that, we asked the question, have you ever had a belief that you could not achieve something you desired that you ultimately overcame and did achieve? So now Michelle Prince and I bring you comments from the audience that I bet you will resonate with and become incredibly inspired. Okay, Michelle. So in unpacking this aspect, you know, Zig's flea training and and really giving it the focus of, 
dealing with our own, uh, that we all have limiting beliefs. Here's a great comment posted on Facebook that really just opens the door for the overall concept. Dave Posner, he says, uh, hi, Kevin. I have found myself frequently in that type of situation. Usually that belief was formed before I made any efforts to achieve the goal and were based on preconceived ideas, causing me to doubt the success even before I tried, it was as if I was convincing myself there would be failure. So why bother trying? Well, I just thought that that was a wide open door uh, for us to hit this. I, I mean, how often do you see that in others or experience it in yourself, Michelle, where we have that belief and we have not even tried? I love this topic, and it reminds me of uh, one of my favorite quotes by Henry Ford, and that is, whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right, <laughs> you know? And it's, it is. I mean, we put all of these limitations on ourselves, but the reality is they're not real limitations in our life. It's really what we put in our mind, what we put on ourselves. So it's getting clear on, you know, are these, are these legitimate limitations, or is this just what my self-talk is, is keeping me from accomplishing? Yeah, I, I totally agree. And this came up, and I think it was with uh, an interview with Michael Hyatt that hasn't even posted yet that we did recently. And just uh, the question came up of how often do we live amongst, as adults, beliefs that we established as kids, and we still... Um live within that. And, and, and from that, looking at it and what we really boiled up to that I wanted to ask you, you know, your perspective and experience about too, is it, it seems as if we are, I mean, we, we have beliefs because we believe them. I mean, by proxy, we think that that just, that's a fact. And right. until we come back and consider, wait a minute, is it fact? Is my belief a belief because it's fact or is it because of a perception that I have, therefore my beliefs have to be malleable or, or questionable. I mean, that sounds bad, doesn't it? Yeah. All my beliefs are questionable. It doesn't really sound real staunch, but we've got to take that. I mean, to some degree, take that stance. You think? I think it's so important to really take a good, close look at what your beliefs are. I mean, so many of us, we just go through life. We don't sit around thinking, Oh, I believe this, or, you know, is this, is this a uh, fact or is this fiction? So, but, but the, but in order to really be successful, one of the first things you have to do is sit down and think, okay, what do I believe? What do I believe about money? What do I believe about relationships? What do I believe about success? And what are some of the things that are continuously going through your mind? Because that really says a lot of who you are. And then it's a matter of taking a close look to determine whether or not, is it fact? You know, I, I do a lot of talk about this uh, in my seminars, but also in with coaching members because our beliefs are the number one thing that hold us back. And if we could get a good handle on, you know, what are some of those beliefs that may not be true, then putting some some plans in place to change them is super, super important. Yeah. You know, we've had some testimony even recently of people who have been using Zig's self-talk cards, which folks you can get mm -hmm. at, uh, at Ziggler.com forward slash self-talk. I don't know how many uh, people, thousands who have downloaded those. And in going through the affirmations that he lists out there, we've had a lot of people say through that, that exercise, in essence, they realized some limiting beliefs that they were not even aware of. And, and, and that's, I think that's what bothers me so much, Michelle. Sometimes I'm just, I'm just not aware. I don't take captive that limiting belief. I'm just living within it because it's what I believe. And it's not until I have a specific failure or a desire 
that then I have to look at it and go, golly, that's, I, I'm, I am living within this limiting belief. Why do I believe this? And we hear stories like what, you know, Zig talked about. We had an entire culture who believed that you could not run a mile in under four minutes. One guy did it. And now it's the norm for the elite, you know, for the elite runners. And if they can be at that, at a, at a societal belief how much more prone can we be to have an individual in our own little head uh, belief that is keeping us? Uh, it, it's a big deal. It's easy to talk about, but I, as, as we, as I read through some of the comments that we're going to go through here in a minute, uh, Michelle, I think that's what hit me is I'm, I'm most concerned. Uh, my, my partner, who's a doctor, he says the most dangerous thing is, is we don't know what we don't know. Um, and that I, I just, there are, you'd have to do some kind of an audit or an inventory to really unpack. What do I believe that's limiting me? Mm. It's, it's definitely a process we all have to go through, but, but when you get on the other side of that, that's usually when you start to see people get their breakers. Yeah, absolutely. Well, here, let's go through uh, a few here. And uh, as I mentioned the intro, folks, we've got some similar thread of the folks who posted on on athletic endeavors and weight loss. And we'll start right off with that. Jeff Graham, he says, I trained for LaToya, a single day, 203 mile road ride. He's talking about cycling from Logan, Utah to Jackson Hole, Wyoming at 235 pounds. And as a former former football player, cycling was not a natural sporting activity for me. I surrounded myself with riders. I think he's talking about it for his training for this with riders who were more capable than I am. They were patient with me. They often waited on various hill climbs where I struggled. I entered the 2017 Latoya race and finished the 200 mile ride. When I, uh, when I first rode my road bike, there was no way I could have imagined finishing such a grueling and terrifying ride. Well, the first thing that struck me on this, Michelle, was as we'll read through a lot of the uh, read through these, a similar thing is that they committed to an event of some type. Now, these are easy. You know, if you're going to do a sporting event, a, a bike ride, or a or a or a uh, running race, or something like that, that you can do that. But when we're what got me thinking about is you know for the average person who's sitting in a desk somewhere. And they want a promotion or they want to, uh, you know, pr- progress in their career or in a relationship. It's not quite as easy to sign up for an event in essence, but I guess we can plan something. We can, uh, you know, put a date, put a deadline out and commit to something. That's what came through though, is, is these, these folks, it seems like by far and large, what drove them to finally make that change overcome that was just committing to something, even if they did not have the belief at the time. That's huge. I mean, that in and of itself, that's faith that you're going to be able to do something. I also think I heard though, it's, it's the power of other people's belief in you too, mm. because sometimes like events or, or, you know, if somebody believes that you can do something more than you can, you're more likely to, to get it done because they'll encourage you. And, and that's why it's important to seek out mentors or friends or colleagues that sometimes people can see something in you that you're not ready to see in yourself yet. And it's sometimes we, we need to rely on the beliefs of, of someone else until we have our own. Okay. Well, on that note, uh, you just reminded me, I, uh, a good friend said, Kevin, you've got to watch this movie called Woodlawn. Have you seen it, Michelle? No. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's fairly new. I think I got it on Amazon and it's just now available for streaming. One of the more inspirational 
shows, movies I've ever seen. It is based around uh, sports, but it's based on a true story. And it is absolutely this. It's somebody coming with a motivational message and just instilling a bigger belief in people. So folks, I, there you go. I don't have any royalties here. Woodlawn, incredible, <laughs> incredible uh, show. I, I assume it'll be out in Redbox at some point, but right now it's on Amazon. You can, you can get it there, but it was having other people. That, that's what reminded me, Michelle, when you said that having other people believe uh, for you and, and with, as you're going to see here, some of these folks signed up for things or committed to things and they, uh, they did not have belief, but they just signed up anyways. Well, here, here's one. Uh, Justin Hughes, he says the most vivid memory related to this, this concept was Marine Corps boot camp. In fact, my belief that I wasn't cut out for the Marines was so strong that I tried to quit multiple times. Eventually I staged a sit down protest. Had it not been for, been for the stern compassion of the drill instructors and having them call my father, I might've succeeded, but the com succeeded in his, in his sit down protest. But the combination of their insistence that I needed to finish for my own sake and my father's wisdom and not condoning it and forcing me uh, to, to do this trial, uh, that perspective has changed the rest of my life and mindset. I didn't know at the time, but that was the first instance of changing my self-talk for the positive. And while it would take many more years before I could believe in my abilities, that was the first milestone. Uh, that's significant. Goodness gracious. Um, again, I mean, he's, he joined the Marine Corps though, boot camp, and didn't believe he was cut out for the Marines. So you could say that was kind of you know, not wise or thank goodness. And so is that something that we can model? If there's something that we want to do, feel that we should do that we commit even amongst, you know, Michelle, that was a question for Eric Weinmayer, whose show just came out he's blind and he went to, you know, on top of, he, he uh, hiked Everest and then did the river through the grand Canyon. And I asked him, had he just become comfortable with being scared or, or at peace and, and overcome that? Or did he just do it scared anyways? And it was basically saying, well, I just kind of do it scared anyways. Uh, what's your take on that? There's a great book actually with the title, feel the fear and do it anyway, mm. <laughs> you know, which is exactly what you were just saying. And that's so true. You know, Whatever we want to do in life, of course, especially if it's the first time we're going to do it, we're not necessarily going to know how to do it or believe we can do it. But a lot of that is just faith. It's overcoming fear. You know, the opposite of fear is faith. So, um, and, and if you can't drum up that faith or, or, you know, overcoming the fear on your own, that's when you recruit other people. That's when you join organizations. That's when you, you go to areas or places that you know that have people that will uh, instill it in you whatever, whatever it takes, you know, whether you can do it yourself, if you can't find somebody who can help you do that. Well, absolutely. And this as as he just talked about too, it was again, somebody who came in, like you talked about a minute ago, Michelle, who believed in him maybe more than he did for himself. Well, here's, uh, we're back. Actually, this is, happens to be another military, Steve Rosen. He says, uh, retiring from the army was his big stumbling block. Four years later, he still can't believe he made it. Uh, he says that someone in their twenties doing a 20 year stint in the army seemed insurmountable. Eventually I realized I could do it one day at a time. And I actually asked him on face Facebook. I said, is there anything that you did or pursued to bolster you? Uh, for that one day at a time effort. And he actually said, not really. He says, I tend to tackle projects randomly and work in spurts. However, I'm working on doing 
little stuff daily versus big chunk versus big chunks at once. Uh, I thought that was real interesting, Michelle, because this, you know, we have a culture, the personal development world where we pretty much espouse, I mean, we do here on the show, daily habits, the things that you're doing every day and take a little step, make a deposit every day. I will have to admit, and I'll, I'll just give credit there to Steve. Here's my personal admission. I definitely as- ascribe to the, the daily thing, but for some of these big endeavors, I can sometimes act just like he did uh, where I'm a little random. And then when it comes on me, I'll just dive in, get real intense and do it in spurts. Now I don't say that to a spouse that, cause sometimes I think it can lend itself to procrastination and uh, inconsistency, but there is some relevance, I think, to finding what works for you. I mean, don't you think, Michelle? I mean, you know, whatever works for you to some degree, some aspects may be a little less uh, consistent than others or, or instill less confidence. But the point is figuring out what, what, what makes you tick. For sure. And what is, what is the challenge? You know, what is it that holds you back? I know for myself, I, I, you know, I'm a student of personal development. I have been my whole life. But yet there are times that I, I could be lacking in my, you know, either belief in myself or my business or even have clarity on my goals. And for that reason, it's one of the reasons why I'm such a big believer in going to live events and and filling your mind. You know, if you, if you are wanting to, to go further in your career or in your personal life, then find a coach or a mentor or a group. And so I go to a conference every quarter just to do that, just to surround myself with other people, other ideas. And that instills this belief in me that, oh, wait a minute, you know what? They're doing it. If they can do this, I can do this. And being around other you know, business owners, getting out of my comfort zone of just working in my little office by myself or, or out traveling. And that really helps to every quarter reinstill belief in, in what I'm doing and what I'm, I'm pursuing. And I know myself that if I didn't do that, and if I just stayed in my, my little office at home and I didn't ever reach out and, and learn and grow from other people that I would, I'd go backwards. So whatever, knowing what it is that, that holds you back is really, really important, but, but start asking yourself, you know, what do you believe about your business or what do you believe about your health and what do you believe about relationships? And and the easiest way to do that is just sit, grab a piece of paper and a pen and just start writing down in each one of those categories. You know, what are some of the thoughts that come to mind immediately? You know, like about money, money doesn't grow on trees or I'll never have enough or I'll always be in debt. Those are things that basically you're saying, you know, those are negative limiting beliefs, but you can't really fix a negative limiting belief unless you know what it is. That's the first thing is identifying what are you telling yourself? Well, I appreciate what you said just about surrounding yourself with people. That has been huge for me, Michelle, and I've seen it with other people and I would I would uh, challenge everybody out there listening to this to, if there is something that you would like to achieve, some place you would like to be, some uh, position you would like to have that you don't really see, go hang out with somebody who's done it or who is doing it and, and find a few people. It is dramatic how that can change your perspective and your belief and your faith. Cause you'll find out that they are not anything special. They're just like you were, maybe they even had a, a harder way than you do or, or, or coming from, and yet they did it. And I, it's just gargantuan for me. That has been a big gift is learning that and then reaching out to those people. And man, it changes my paradigm. I think that's why we see groups succeed to such a great level. I mean, we weight watchers, you know, has been going on forever mm. and it's not their pro my opinion, not their program, not their foods. It's the, it's the community of kindred spirits. 
It is. And the accountability too, you know, when you're, when you're committed to showing up or when you, somebody's counting on you to be there, you're more likely to follow through. So that accountability is very important. Hey friends, do you resonate with some of what has been shared? Uh, I do for sure. I hope it's inspiring. You've got some really good stuff to come. Uh, next, I got a couple uh, dramatic weight loss stories coming up that, that's going to be really powerful. Um, right now, two quick services and offers for you. First is Ziggler On Demand. If you haven't heard about this, check this out. Uh, if you're listening to this podcast, then it's safe to assume that you recognize the value of what Zig Ziggler called mobile university or automobile university, which is using this time spent on the go to expand your education. Today, people do that in their car, commuting to work, do it at work, do it while you're working out, do it while you're cooking uh, dinner at home, whatever it is. Well, best-selling author, entrepreneur, and marketing expert, Seth Godin, who we've had here on this show, once told us in uh, what was in that interview, actually, that he wore out his Zig Ziglar tapes from how many times he listened to them. We don't have tapes today. We've got something better. If you value the teaching of Zig Ziglar and would like to have his messages at your fingertips, anytime and all the time and listen whenever you want to, then you need to know about Ziggler on demand. Ziggler on demand is a membership site that allows you instant access to Zig's life-changing programs on personal development, sales, family success, including how to stay motivated, secrets of closing the sales, strategies for success, closes, 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 courtship after marriage and raising positive kids. So for less than the cost of your Netflix subscription, you can have access to the resources that will absolutely change your life using your smartphone or your computer. Just pull up Ziggler on demand, the audio library, and then pick and choose what you're most interested in learning at any given time. So as a special offer and for a limited time, you can claim a free download of Zig's classic audio program called Biscuits, Fleas, and Pump Handles. Now, that was later to become his best-selling book, See You at the Top. You get that for free just by visiting ZigglerShow.com slash Z-O-D. No purchase necessary. Again, there's a reason 250 million people worldwide have benefited from this collection of knowledge, inspiration, and motivation. And you can get it now, just a simple click or swipe on your device. So visit ZiglerShow.com slash Z-O-D today, and you'll get full details on it. Next is WP Engine, as in WordPress. WP Engine, it's a managed hosting for WordPress sites done the right way. It's what we use. 5% of the world visits a site hosted on WP Engine every day. It's highly scalable, perfect for bloggers looking to grow their WordPress sites Got around-the-clock support, enterprise-grade security, expert recommendations for maximum page performance. So if you will just go to zigshow.com slash WPEngine and use this code FALL600, F-A-L-L-600, do that at checkout. You'll get up to 600 bucks off of your first month. All right, then let's get back to these amazing comments. This is uh, Marvin Pennick. He says, on my 48th birthday, I was 130 pounds overweight. I could hardly walk a mile. I know this is early, but I've already dropped 70 pounds and planning to walk, run a half marathon on December 1st. I'll be 49 on the 20th of December. Uh, he says, I listened to the four disciplines of execution. Uh, I had not heard of that book. It's Chris uh, McChesney of Franklin Covey. 
Uh, and after reading that book, he says, I decided to break my goal, my huge goal into a series of tiny measurable steps that day. I did one push up and walked one mile. Uh, honestly, I've been simply trying to increase my exercise and better my eating a tiny bit each week. Well, Michelle, you know, this story better than I'll let you tell it. It's it's zigs. What's he call it? Mailbox plus one. <laughs> right. Uh, well, so the, the premise of this is that's exactly what Zig did. He would go out running and then instead of just uh, saying, I'm going to go run two miles, it was more measured on by mailboxes. So today I'm going to go run to this mailbox and then tomorrow I'm going to go to that mailbox plus one. And then the next day, you know, that mailbox plus one. And it's just this really easy incremental way to continue to go toward the direction of where your, you know, your goals and your dreams are, but without putting so much pressure and it works. I've used that exact same, the exact same uh, process from w- when I've tried to lose weight before. And it really does make it easier. And, and I, I really, I love that story. Uh, yeah, it, it's, it's incredible. Well, here's a great piggyback to this one. Very similar. Heath Smith. He says, my story is very similar to Marvin's uh, right there. In 2005, I was 25 years old and at my all time heaviest weight of 463 and a half pounds after a kind gesture from the CEO and a VP at the company I was working at, I enrolled in a weight loss program. I stuck to the plan for two years and dropped 250 pounds. My life has forever been changed and I'm driven to influence others to be greater than yesterday. Well, I responded to Heath. That was, that was monumental. And I said, I asked him, I said, do you give a decent amount of credit to those people at the company who risk saying something? And he responded back. He said, absolutely. It was such an awkward position for me to be in. I was leaving for my first business trip and my company booked two seats for me. The message to me though, is that they saw value in me as a person and an employee. They believed I'd have further growth there and wanted me to be healthy. It's not always easy having what could be a tougher, sensitive conversation with somebody, but the benefits of doing so far outweigh the awkwardness or the hurt feelings that Michelle, that's awesome. Oh my goodness. Is, is that not amazing? Um, Mm, I love that. That is such a great story and such a great inspiration. mm -hmm. You know, for, for so many of us listening. Yeah. The the one, you know, we're talking about, it's interesting that so many people put out these, uh, these comments about an athletic pursuit or, well, we had a couple on, on job type issues, these mil- the military guys, but then these here on weight loss. And I got to say, I have a special place in my heart for those doing weight loss because even though I have not had a, a weight problem, food is such a big issue for me. I am a foodie. Uh, from the get-go, I think it's our greatest American drug uh, is food, and to really get a hold of that is one of the most difficult things ever. And you find somebody who's done a significant weight loss like that; they are royalty in in my book as far as the ability to persevere. Which I think is why we have so many of them. When they do that, it was so monumental that the biggest thing they want to do is just like these guys that they want to get out and help inspire others. Uh, and it's, it's powerful. And I think that's a, another weighty thing we can give these endeavors in our lives. It's not just for us, what it does for other people through their witnessing of it, or what it empowers us to do then to help other people is, uh, is, is gigantic. Well, so Michelle, you know, reading those, I felt like the thread that I heard in those stories were one, we talked about that committing 
to something, whether we believe it or not. Number two was getting support from other people. And then three was this reality that it does take time and takes perseverance. Uh, and those, you know, I, I wanted to ask you just, just on the support piece, there's a lot of folks who will talk about feeling alone in their endeavors. And if they don't happen to have a boss, a father, a friend or whatever, who's supportive, you know, I wanted to, what are some, some aspects or some ways to go about finding that support? Well, maybe you said it just prior to that, you know, like we talked about weight watchers, it's find what communities of kindred spirits start there. I would definitely start there. I mean, depending on where you want some support, if it's, if it's industry specific, there are always people out there that are just a few steps ahead of you, you know, mentors and coaches, but also, you know, if it's a, Find a group of business owners if you're a business owner looking for some support. Find a group of moms if you're struggling with raising your kids. But just knowing that you're with other people that are, are on the same similar journey, is it moves mountains. When I was starting my business, I really had no clue what I was doing. And so I really invested in myself and I invested my time in spending it with other people who were where I wanted to be. Maybe I was still several steps behind, but I learned from them and I surrounded myself with them to where eventually I you know, got to where they were or in some cases surpassed it because that motivation, you, you have to use or borrow motivation sometimes or borrow belief from other people. And that really inspires us and, and just gets us into action. At least that's what it did for me. So I, I can't say that enough. If I really think about my success and why, uh, yes, I had a, a, a passion and a desire and all that, but until my belief shifted and until I got around other people that were doing what I wanted to do, that's when things really started to shift for me. I, I totally agree. And I will, uh, again, another admission, I tend to fall on the side of isolation and self-sufficiency and I'll be there. But over time, my impatience, thank goodness, has gotten me out of that. And I will just pick up the phone, send an email. I, it feels like daily where I'm hitting somebody up to say, look, I need somebody in this area uh, who's an expert. Who can you hook me up with and use my network of, of friends and alliances and yeah, there is nothing more beneficial. Granted, we can get some of that in books. I mean, again, we're huge fans of books here uh, and you can find those stories that are motivating and can align with where you're at and change your perspective. But it's got to be a, a second cousin to face to face somebody who you can ask and they can relate to you in your specific situation and drastically change your paradigm. Because when it's all said and done, we're talking about again getting our beliefs on the table and asking that question, Michelle, like you talked about, is that really a fact uh, or is it just my perception that can be changed and therefore my trajectory can be forever, forever changed? Well, I, I'm, uh, I, I think I'm inspired, Michelle. How about you? I am definitely inspired. And, and I would love to just share one last thought on yeah. this about the power of belief, because we under, I, I think as a society, we underestimate how much our belief shapes our, our success in life, in our relationships and in our businesses and in everything that we do, because it really does drive so much. And I'll just do a real quick story to bring yeah. the point home. There was a great book called Unstoppable by a lady, uh, Symphony Kersey, I believe is the name. Anyway, she tells the story about this college student. His name is George Danzig. And he's just your typical college student, you know, 
stays up late studying. And one day he happened to be late getting into class and, and he, he runs into class, he sits down and he noticed that there were a bunch of problems on the board that the professor had put up there for the homework assignment. So he jots them down in his notes really quick and he, he gets all that and then he goes home for the weekend. And over the weekend, he's working trying to solve those problems. You know, that was his homework and he was, it was really, really hard, but he got through it. I mean, he struggled, but he got through it. And at the end of that, he went into, he put the paper on his professor's desk uh, and about a day later, he gets a phone call and it's his professor and he is just beyond overwhelmed. And he said, George, George, do you know what you just did? And, and George is thinking, uh, I turned in my homework assignment. I don't know. Did I do terrible? And he said, no, no, George, that was not a homework assignment. You see, he got there late that day. So he didn't know that those problems were, were actually mathematical uh, equations that are called mathematical brain teasers. Even Einstein himself could not solve those equations. And here a normal college student happened to push through, plow through and solve them. So the point I'm bringing up this story is, is to ask, to think about if he had showed up to class on time that day, do you really think he would have been able to solve those problems? Of course not. Because the belief he would have had that those are mathematical brain, you know, mind teasers, unsolvable equations would would have stopped him in his tracks. So the point I'm trying to make is there's so much power in what you believe. If you believe you can do something, you will. You will find a way. You will find a network. You will find the people to help get you closer. But if you believe you are doomed to fail, if you believe you will never be successful, if you believe you'll never find a loving spouse or you'll never lose the weight or never find the money, you're right. So like I'll end on that note, as Henry Ford said, we believe you can, we believe you can, you're right. Ah, that is perfect. Michelle, thank you. Uh, always a gift to do these folks. I hope you are inspired and you are ready to question those beliefs and hopefully move beyond them. Thanks for being with us today. Hey friends, did the comments get you thinking of some of your own endeavors and desires? They absolutely did for me. And even more so just got me thinking about my beliefs. They got you thinking, hey, that's a gift in and of itself. Please let us know by leaving an iTunes review for us. Would you do that? Coming up next in show 507, we have a business legend. Literally, have you ever seen ABC's show Shark Tank? The very first season's cast of rock star panelists included a guy famous for literally inventing the infomercial, Kevin Harrington. He's one of the more successful and prolific business people of all time. We had an amazing conversation on business and achievement in today's marketplace. You'll hear why Kevin credits Zig Ziglar's book, Secrets of Closing the Sale, as a primary tool that spawned his success. You'll hear why he thinks businesses need investment and capital now more than they used to, how audiences have shorter attention spans and want authenticity why he considers us to be in a gig economy and an idea economy and how instead of employing people, he outsources much more these days and how he wants to be known as the guy who helps other people build their businesses. Well, hey, till then, thanks for letting me walk with you as we inspire our true performance together.